Ethan Rose, I'm Nate. I'm Ethan. And this is the fire episode. <laughs> fire. Um, so, <laughs> just to repeat myself. So, an overview of this episode. The reason we went with fire, so it's mostly a flame or fire. We previously um, have done hell. Which, yeah. Which would be the closest to this. And that had a picture of a match on the the cover. Oh, yeah. So, we couldn't do, do, do that. But um, the movie is Inferno, mm-hmm. uh, the brand new release with, featuring Tom Hanks. Tim Honks. And Tim Honks, his twin brother. His twin brother. Um, the album was Wanderer by Heaven Shall Burn. And our beer of the week is the very famous and infamous Habanero Sculpin from Ballast Point Brewing Company. Do you want me to do the beer this week? Sure. So our popular IP, this is the description. Um, it's an India Pale Ale with habanero peppers added. So our popular IPA with a punch of heat. Our Sculpin IPA with habanero pepper began as a crazy experiment that's taken on a life of its own. While its bright fruit notes and hoppy bite have made the original one of our favorites, the version that takes the balance of flavors to the next level with a citrusy floral heat of habanero. Sculpin is known uh, to sting, but this one's got a kick. Mm-hmm. So, um... This is not the first time either of us have had this beer. And um, true. It's pretty awesome and it's shockingly kind of perfect for the style because I think we've done, I mean, we've had other chili and quote unquote spicy beers before, but this one's kind of, at least the ones I've had, it's probably the best of them that I've had again. But um, it's also actually a spicy one. Um, some of these, I think you'll have some of that chili. Um, kind of sweetness and flavor to it but this one legitimately is spicy but um just as a disclaimer it does say on the bottle heat may vary for whatever reason and there are batches of habaneros that could be hotter or less hot depending on you know where they get them what time of the year it is most likely but um i mean it does have a surprising spice and the second you even smell this you can smell you get it to me it almost smells like and this sounds weird but to me it almost smells like pepper jack cheese mm-hmm. um actually I, that's a good um good description yeah, because it's got that that habanero flavor, but when it's kind of undercut with everything else going on in here, it's just it's it's shockingly easy to drink. But it's also one you probably would not have. I certainly don't have the desire to drink quickly because mm-hmm. one sip sort of takes a long time to process. It does, and I think didn't you say before? Because I th- I think I gave you this beer mm-hmm. as like a gift, and then um, 
You said though that that one was more or less, which was it, more or less spicy than the one because you've had like others since then. Yeah, because I, I, I bought this um this last weekend, and I think that this batch isn't quite as spicy as the one you gave me. That could be just totally in my own perception or whatever, because it, it has been uh, quite a while. I mean, that was earlier in the spring when you gave that to me, but um, man, it's good. Yeah, it, and it's such a complex flavor. Like it is. You get a little bit of heat, but it's just, it keeps, it stays with you and it rolls to the back of your tongue and just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. I mean, I think people who are adverse to spicy foods, even a little bit, should stay away from this. Because, 100%. Like, I agree with you. It's got, a, it's got a kick to it, but I have a pretty high heat tolerance. I like really spicy food. And this is definitely warm, but for some people it would be just unbearable, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, my, uh, my wife doesn't do spicy at all. And yeah, this would be a, a beer I would definitely say stay away from. Even like a sip will will burn you. Oh yeah, if you're not into it. But the flavors are just—it's such. If you're into into spice and you like spice, this is a beer you. I think you need to try. Now it is extremely expensive mm-hmm. for like a six pack, fifteen bucks. Yeah, so it's it's actually the same price as the pineapple sculpin. Um, so those kind of are they're more expensive beers that you can at least get in a wider distribution. And yeah, we could go in the hole. Are they price gouging this hat or the other? But whatever, it's a perfect beer for this episode. So yeah, yeah. it's good. I like having it. I have two more of these puppies left, and they'll probably sit in my fridge for a while because this isn't one I'm like reaching for. Because this, I, and honestly, I think I'd I'd venture to say this is not a beer. I think I'd have two of in a night. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It comes in at I, just, I think like all their scalpins. I think it's what seven percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And because I bought from uh, Costco, Costco had a, a Sculpin IPA case, so it was like four six packs, mm-hmm. and the the habanero was not in it. It was the water or wait, uh, grapefruit, original and pineapple, and then there was no. Then there was one other one that I don't. I don't think it was a Sculpin though. But yeah, this is one you got to give it give a shot if you really really like spicy food. Yep. Yep. And spice, um, just in general. It doesn't really surprise me that much that they don't put this in a variety pack because um. I mean, it's just, it's unique. You know what I mean? Yeah, and well, you go from, like, the, excuse me, the grapefruit um, sculpin, the pineapple sculpin, and even regular sculpin, those are all pretty sweet. Like, those are pretty palatable um, IPAs. Then to throw this in there, it'd be kind of like, whoa. You know, this is a kind of an odd one in the bunch. But, um, and there's another thing to mention, too. We talk a lot about Beer Advocate and the bros. Um, they actually gave this beer an astonishing 96 rating, which they are stingy, mm-hmm. um, which deems this a world-class beer in their eyes. Right, because I think it's easy for us to talk about the spicy elements, but it's it shouldn't be shorthanded as, a, as an IPA either, um, because it definitely has a lot of hoppiness going on in it, too. Yeah, which I think kind of balances it out. Surprisingly, you'd expect this to not be balanced, but mm-hmm. it is. What would you do if I just chugged this right now? I mean, good for you. Yeah, more power to you, buddy. <laughs> um, so onto our definition of the word fire. It's a noun and a verb. So um, a noun, uh, combustion or burning in which substances combine chemically with oxygen from the air and typically give out bright light, heat, and smoke. Um, the other definition is the shooting of projectiles from weapons, especially bullets from guns. I did not think of, of that when I was uh, thinking about this word. Me neither, but I kind of feel like, duh. Duh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the verb is a discharge of a gun or other weapon in order to explosively propel, and in parentheses, a bullet or projectile, 
and to uh, informal dismiss an employee from a job. That's another one I didn't even think of. Um, but what does uh, fire mean to you? Um, this is a, a word that, again, when I first think of, I think of maybe this tells a lot about who I am, but I feel like it's immediately more of a negative word, but it's really not, I think, if you think about it. Um, uh, my notes here I have, I guess the first thing I think of when I think of fire is heat, obviously, and right. then I think about getting burnt, whether it's your skin or you know something catching on fire and burning. Um, but I also kind of think about, I, I, maybe this is because I've been like, watching a lot of star wars lately i guess i think of a lot of like war and stuff when it comes to fire okay and i wasn't thinking of it because they fire weapons in war or anything i guess i was just thinking of like in in battle and stuff because if you look if you look at like the process of forging and making weapons and um armor and stuff heat and fire it's all part of that process of smelting and forging and all that stuff so it's all sort of combined but the more positive spin as well and i kind of thought about it this way was that Fire, without fire, we also wouldn't have basically any of the technology we have because it's kind of, if you think about it, one of the first quote-unquote tools or natural processes that human beings probably harnessed and used in some way. And the way I think about it is fire is good when it's contained and it can be used, but when it's set free, it can be dangerous. So that's kind of where my mind went with it. Yeah. And I had, um, I did do this like word thing. So I came up with magical uh, formerly, formerly, so in the former tense, essential and destructive. Hmm. Um, but you know, we do a show about obsessions and I've actually always been obsessed with fire since I've been a little kid. That's terrifying. Uh, but like making fires, like I'm pretty proficient. I wouldn't say I'm like, I couldn't like rub two sticks together and poof, have a fire, but I know how to build a fire, like campfires and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can do it too. And without gasoline or fuel. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's an art to that, but you know, I mean, this at one point in time was like an essential item. Like it kind of has become less and less essential, but um, I, I mean, partially, you know, we don't need, we have like gas, which is kind of a fire thing, but I mean, it's, it's just kind of, it's something we've contained, but again, when it's not contained, um, it is totally destructive. Like if your house gets flooded, for example, you can repair that. There's Mm -hmm. ways to repair that. Whereas if your house uh, gets set on fire, a lot of times they just have to tear it down and. Yeah. And build a new. It's a totally destructive thing. But um, I said, I just think it's at one time, if you think of it, is the only way to like cook meat. Yeah, was, I was thinking was about fire. that too. Mm-hmm. And I guess I didn't. I never thought about like the gun thing at mm-hmm. all. You know, I know obviously this time of year, and we won't get into that. But you know, that's a big deal. And then getting like fired from. So when you think about it, a lot of negatives with fire. Yeah. Like getting getting fired from your job is horrible. Guns <laughs> are for the most part not a good thing. What they do is generally do. bad. And, yeah, projectiles as well. Usually not a good thing. Ugh. Yeah. Fire. Fireman. Kind of a gross word, but magical in a way. Mystical. Mystical. Who doesn't, who doesn't like sitting around a campfire, though? People who are afraid of fire. That's true. I'm never sitting around a fire with you ever again. Because you love... said, I love fire, and next time we're... Well, and it's not like I'm You're like... just going to, like, throw me in it and be like, yeah. <laughs> Want to see some flesh burn. <laughs> No, but I, I, like, it's not, it's not like from a pyro type deal, mm-hmm. but a likely story. Yeah, but that's but that's fire. Interesting Boom. stuff. So onto our high priority news items. This isn't a high priority news item, but I think I feel the way that a lot of Walking Dead fans do, and that we are uh, at this point. I don't want to say a hundred percent, but for the most part, just done with the show. Um, and I know you don't watch it, but it gets 
told to you through Facebook, right? Yeah. Every single week. I know exactly what happened in the last two episodes without having to look it up because people are jackasses. And post it up. But I just feel like with every, you know, long-running show in history, they go through a cycle of, like, repeating certain plot points or repeating certain things. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you can only do it so many times before eventually you say, well, I think we're at the end of the line in terms of the story or... You know, we either need to totally recreate the story or totally, you know, take a, a huge twist in, in a certain direction. But otherwise, it just becomes old. And I think The Walking Dead at this point, with what they're doing with the new season, and I get we're only two episodes in at this point, but I think they're just going through this another cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, we've already dealt with this, so we already know where it's going to go. We already know where you're gonna they're going to end up. So I basically have, the in my mind, the two the next two seasons kind of already set. Which to me is horrible. I don't think a show should should be like that. I guess with a show like The Walking Dead, again, I don't watch it and I don't really care to. But um, I guess you, when you think long term on like where can it go, I mean, where do you go with a, a post-apocalyptic show? Right. Like how far, like you said, how far can you take it out? And when are they building, what are they building up toward? Are they building up just all these people dying and that's the end? I mean, that works in a movie. But when you drag out a show seven, eight plus years in this show, they're saying what? Ele- Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, what what's your end game? Are they going to recreate society and fight back the the, the zombies? Because from what I what I gather, all it is is them struggling and their numbers getting smaller and smaller. So what's the end game here? Yeah, I feel like the point that human beings can be worse enemies than, than the zombies has been made about eight thousand times in every zombie movie and show ever made, and I feel like that's a show that Walking Dead is beating to death over and over again. I don't know. I just have I don't care about the show that much, but. You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not sure that it consists. What else can it do? Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. And I feel like with the new season, they're just kind of doing the same thing over again and doing those same things of humans are their their worst enemies. You know, it's a struggle. We're losing people, and they're just trying to make it uh, as graphic as they possibly can. It's it's cable network television, or I don't know what the rules are, but it's I don't know. And it's just something I'm just I just totally lost interest in. With, yeah. with the pilot of the new season. Well, I know I heard a lot of people say they're done with it, but I'm sure they'll keep watching. I don't think this the ratings are going to dip any unless yeah. it really get unless it really starts to upset most people. Yeah, I'm just bored by it. Hmm. So seven seasons is a long time. That's a that's a lot of lot that's of TV. Long, that, that's longer than some of the greatest shows ever made were on. So yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, and our other high priority news item is that George Lucas's um, museum, the designs have been revealed. Uh, it's either going to be in Los Angeles or San Francisco, not Chicago. Uh, but the right. building is going to be uh, 265,000 to 275,000 square feet. Uh, it's going to show uh, showcase art in about a 100,000 square foot gallery. And it'll be known as the Museum of Narrative Art. And the designs look like a spaceship. It does. It kind of looks like a cross between the Millennium Falcon and the Enterprise. That's exactly where my mind went. I, you know, and I was surprised that it looks more Enterprise-y than Star Wars-y. Yeah. You know? And I feel like to see this in person would be like, like yeah. that's a building? Like, but man, this thing is not going to happen for so long. Yeah, I can already see. <laughs> if they wouldn't have moved out of Chicago after all that drama, it would be being built as we speak right yeah. now. Yeah. But this thing is, they're back to the drawing board. They don't even have a place for it. Yeah. Which when they said it's either going to be Los Angeles or San Francisco, when you hear the or, I thought it was 
I thought they were leaning towards San Francisco, but ever since they officially moved away from Chicago, I kind of lost interest because I'll probably never get to go there anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe once in like the next 10 years or something. But um, I was really hoping it would be in Chicago because it's kind of a drive, a couple hour drive from us. Yeah. This is kind of like his, the way I look at it, it's kind of like his like presidential library in a way. Yeah. It's kind of like, you you know, every president has a library somewhere. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like Nixon. You think? Do people still like him? Is he cool? Is he cool? Is he legit? Could he could he run for president? No, No, he's dead, buddy. He's dead. I know, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know Barack Obama's getting a presidential library in Chicago. So you already have like a school. Yeah, and now they're gonna build him a like library. Build him like they're gonna build it for him. Here you go, buddy. (laughs) Here's here's your library, dude. Enjoy it. Just him. He's the only one who can go in. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so that's our high-priority news item. So when we come back, we're going to do our movie of the week, Inferno, featuring Tom Hanks. Tim Honks. Tim Honks, his twin brother. Um, And uh, in the break, you're going to hear the trailer, which is probably going to be... A lot of frantic sounds and Tim Tom (laughs) (laughs) Tom Hanks trying to solve a puzzle. And then like... Female voice. There's going to be a female but voice. But what there. about this one? Oh, that was a really bad British accent. Yeah. What about this puzzle, Robert? What about this one here? What about Dante's Inferno? Dante, Dante, Dante. No, it's, yeah, that's all it's going to be. Drink whenever they say Dante. <sighs> You'd be really drunk. You'd be done. But um, when we come back, Inferno, movie of the week. This is the fire episode. Weekly notice will be right back. Tim Honks. It appears you're out of options. Tell me about the threat, known as Inferno. (sighs) Professor Langdon, we need your help. Three days ago, a man killed himself. We think he was part of something much bigger. There was a package in his pocket. And what was it? Dante's Inferno. Dante defined our modern conception of hell 700 years ago. But these circles of hell have been rearranged. Why Dante? Why this map of hell? Dante. Dante's death mask. Yes. We've got to get to Florence. I need access to the Dante mask. The Dante mask is no longer here. It was stolen. Here's the security footage. Professor, that looks like you. No memory of taking that mask. Welcome back into Week in Roast. I'm Nate. I'm Ethan. And we're back to our fire episode. You just heard the trailer from our movie of the week, Inferno. Mm. Okay, so should I take it away here? You rock and roll, man. All right, so Inferno, a little plot action here. When Robert Langdon wakes up in an Italian hospital with amnesia, he teams up with Dr. Sienna Brooks, and together they must race across Europe again. Again. Wait, against the clock to foil a deadly global plot. All right, so this movie stars Tom Hanks, Felicity Jones, Omar Sy, Ben Foster, Side Sade Babbitt, Cunt Nutson, and Irfan Khan. Say that five times fast. All right, uh, this was directed by Ron Howard. This is the third movie in this Robert Langdon series, as they say. It was produced by Brian Grazer and Ron Howard. Screenplay was written by David Kep. Music was by Hans Zimmer, and cinematography was done by Salvatore Totino. Um, filming location, filming began in April 
of 2015 in Venice, Italy, and continued in Florence starting at the end of April of that same year. Interesting. On June 5th, 2015, most of the remaining filming began in Budapest, Hungary, at Cordo Studios, and filming officially wrapped July 21st, 2015. Some notes about this movie. Oops, hit the wrong button. So some notes on this movie. This film is based on the book Inferno by Dan Brown, which is the fourth book of his Robert Langdon series. Um, Dan Brown has sold over 200 million books worldwide, and during the filming and production, uh, it was nicknamed, quote-unquote, Headache, after the concussion Robert Langdon has at the beginning of the movie. Ooh, tricky. Appropriate. So, Nate, what did you think about Inferno? Well, I wasn't too jazzed. We'll just put it that way. To say... <laughs> no jazz hands walking no out of this one. No jazz hands walking out of this one. No, and, I mean... It, I feel like I've seen this movie, not with the specific characters or specific locales or anything, but I feel like I've seen this at least 20 or 30 times, at least. Um, it was pretty one note in terms of, you know, being an action thriller. I don't know if science fiction is the right word, but no. <laughs> kind of like, you know, it's it's what this series has done. And I don't think they really deviated from that at all. So I wasn't wasn't horribly wild about it. Yeah, I think they did deviate a little bit, but like in a bad way. Well, they tried. They tried to. I guess we can talk about that. But yeah, overall, I didn't care for this really at all. I thought it was pretty bad. Um, and and it's not that I was expecting anything great. Um, I, I liked the first two movies fine. They were kind of entertaining, and I had heard this one was bad, but the first two got bad reviews as well. So I was like, well, whatever. It's just going to be a harmless, dumb kind of thriller with some exciting moments. And while it is that, it. I was, like, shocked with how incompetently made this movie was. Yeah. It just looked like a direct-to-TV or DVD movie with some big-name actors. And I saw the budget for this was $75 million. What the hell did they spend that on? Because it looks like they... Because none of the cinematography is fantastic. The score is completely unmemorable. All of the actors, even Tom Hanks, totally phone their performances. And there's nothing... There's, like... The best thing I can say about this movie was that there was like, a, like overall, I wanted to see what happened in the story, right? It wasn't yeah. something I was just going to abandon halfway through. And also, there was a couple of exciting moments, but I just can't quite, I can't quite figure out what they were doing here because you look at somebody like Ron Howard, who directed this, who is he's like one of those like quote unquote elite directors, and this is the second movie of his re- re- reviewed, and we did uh, his previous movie in the Heart of the Sea, but this guy's made some like legitimate classic movies. So th- this just seemed totally incompetent. Like he, everybody just phoned in on this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Tom Tom Hanks's character in the movie supposedly has you know a concussion or some type of amnesia, which uh, it's kind of a relief because he was so one note. Like he just yeah. didn't bring anything. And in the in the movie, they're kind of trying to like dictate to you that he's confused and he doesn't know where he is, but. Like, um, I mean, Robert Langdon's character, because I've only read The Da Vinci Code, but from my, my understanding, he's supposed to be kind of this, like, quasi-superhero. Yeah. And his, like, PowerPoint is his brain. That's really all that's interesting about him is he's, like, this massively intelligent guy. So you have this massively intelligent guy who, who has a remember. concussion who can't remember anything and his brain doesn't work. So then he's just kind of, like, there. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't At really... For part of the movie. For part of the movie. He comes back, you know, in the second half. Yeah. But... Just, and, I mean, Felicity Jones was... Oh, man, totally disappointed. Yeah. Everything else I've ever seen her in, she's been good, and, you know, she's the star of an upcoming Star Wars movie, and a lot of people have already said, well, she looked kind of one note in the trailer, and 
after seeing this, like, wow, like she had nothing, like she was just blank staring and sort of looking dumb and not really having anything to do until a ridiculous twist that made no sense kind of made her character somewhat relevant to the movie. But it was, it was ridiculous. She was terrible. I thought everybody was all the supporting act characters and actors and how they interact, especially the, the worst one to me was there's um like the director of the world health organization. And it's like this, I don't know if this is, I don't remember if this is connected, if she was a character in the other movies or in the books, but there's like this romance element and it was terrible. It was so it was awkward. It didn't work at all. And it was like such a huge part of the movie at the end. It was ridiculous. And, I, and again, I don't fully recall, and I've seen both the previous films, but I don't fully recall if his character has been married before. They kind of like loosely hint at that. Yeah. But it, again, it's like just... They don't loosely hint at it. Like just, well, yeah. They straight up tell you. They tell you, but <laughs> it's like still, I don't know. It was just a weird, weird way of doing it. I, I They just did everything kind of backwards. And on top of that, I mean, I have obviously a long list of cons here, but they just, there's so many holes in this plot. Yeah. Left and right and left and right. It's just like constant, constant, constant. I feel like this is like a five-hour movie they edited into a two-hour movie. Yeah. It's like how it felt. Yeah, I mean, when you when you know, it's a, for the most part, this movie is a is a mystery, right? It's a yeah. mystery thriller, and that's what, that's what I was the word I was looking for, not science fiction, uh, right? Either. And um, while I was I was roped in decently enough again to know I wasn't gonna just it, this wasn't like so terrible that I was like appalled that I didn't care how it ended. I still wanted to see what happened, but when they sort of start to fill in the blanks and everything starts to get explained it just was so overly convoluted and confusing and there's this team was influencing this team because of this reason but this person changed their mind and it was just like what what was the i mean it was just so complicated and the solution you get at the end is the most like predictable and of course that's how this movie ends kind of thing so i felt like it takes this big twist about three quarters of the way through and it just um it sort of just nosedives, and, and that's not the best thing to say in a movie that was already kind of dull, because that's really the biggest thing I have with this movie, is it's just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, there was a couple of moments here and there, but it was just like, this is so bland. Who cares? Yeah. And they could have, um, like, the, a lot of the plot twists that they throw at you don't land, and the reason is, uh, at least from, from what I could see, is because they don't cover it in the front end. Because you don't know who the hell these people are, Half the time they just show up and they're just kind of running around and then all of a sudden, like you said, you're like, this person's an enemy. No, this person's an enemy. Then this person's an enemy. And it's just so twisted and, and messy. It's almost like a like a messy ball of yarn is what it turned into in the end. And then yeah. it's just, it, I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to really say too much about it because um, on top of the story and stuff sort of falling apart, and really not being like super thrilling to begin with. Um, the fact that the movie just kind of seemed hobbled together by a bunch of people who didn't care that much just kind of made me feel like who cares about this movie? Like the, again, the, the whole throughout the whole movie, they convey him having amnesia and being confused by doing this, the most cliche thing ever where you zoom way in on him and shake the camera and make the sound go in and out and they make it all blurry and it's, they do it the whole movie and it's so freaking annoying and it's, it's like totally disorienting, but not in a way that makes me like feel sorry for him. I was just like, okay, we get it. This dude's messed up. What, like, let's figure out the story. It was just so, it was contrived and it was just poorly done. And again, the music in this, I don't even remember there being music in this. Either. I there, saw Hans Zimmer on the, <laughs> the thing and I was like, what? 
what he's there's like, even a score like yeah it was just like every now and then i mean i'm almost tempted to try to find this score and listen to it because i feel like it was just docile tones and like ominous yeah things yeah. going on in the background but like nothing of of any melody or anything at all yeah i, I feel and this this is really this is a low blow i'll fully admit it but i feel like if you removed the acting and just did nothing but the city spans and like cityscapes that they film. It would be like an awesome tourist pitch thing for I think it was Istanbul and Venice, Florence, or, yeah, Florence. Yeah, because the only thing I can think that they spent money on in this movie was the actors mm-hmm. and like having to fly people around because there yeah. weren't there weren't any special effects. There weren't really any like complicated chase scenes. All the chase scenes were like them like hopping in a car and driving for a couple minutes or them know running around a building a little bit but i'm just baffled that this movie cost 75 million dollars yeah i mean on what there was just nothing in this movie that made me think like oh yeah they really you know tried something here it was just like eh, whatever it was one note <laughs> and yeah like you said even the chase scenes which they make exciting they do the same exact thing over and over again there's always a chase scene and they find a hidden door and then they're in some type of little but then the bad guys are like are. robert langdon is there we know that he knows all the secrets and it was like oh my god <laughs> this is old uh, do you have any any pros? Well, uh, yeah, I think I said m- some of my pros kind of um, that again. I wasn't this. I didn't like again. I didn't think this was well made, but I wasn't. It wasn't like so abhorrently terrible that I would have like even if I was watching this at home, I wouldn't have turned it off. I wanted. To, I would. I wanted to see what happened in the end. Um, and I guess I have to give some credit to Tom Hanks because I'm. I mean, he's such like a just a, like. You just look at the guy, and it's like I'm on this guy's side. So you're rooting for him. I was at least, and then um, yeah, there were a couple like pretty exciting moments. There was like the the last scene, kind of the last action scene at the very end of the movie. Um, while it was confusing and hard to follow what was going on, there were still some exciting moments, and there there was a couple of suspenseful things. So I mean, there you know, it was my positives are it was not terrible enough for me to turn off. <laughs> Well, and the last scene is um, is shot in a really cool location. Yeah, that was cool. Which is a real thing. Yeah, I even asked you, like, ha- like during the scene, I was like, is this place real? This is sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's, um, but we can't spoil it. You can't see it because I would give it away. Yeah. But, yeah, go to Istanbul, I guess, figure mm-hmm. it out. So what would you rate this 1 to 10? I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 10. Are you joking? No. <laughs> 3.5 out of 10 just because... Um, Again, I, I wanted to see how it ended and what's going on. What? I gave it the exact same score. Nice. So <laughs> for those of you that say that we always agree on everything, we, congratulations. We kind of do. We usually do. Yeah, I just I felt it failed to entertain. And I, I, there's like some potential yeah. here on paper, but it just didn't show up. Yeah. And way too predictable. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll be on TNT pretty soon on repeat and you can watch it you'll find this in the five dollar bin next week tuesday yep (laughs) but wait this is still in theaters five bucks that's all you need yeah who cares so on to our high priority news items johnny depp the superstar he's gonna co-star in the sequel to the upcoming fantastic fantastic beasts uh, movie and he apparently has a cameo um, in the movie coming out in a few weeks, and it was just reported. Pretty big, pretty big deal. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a last minute twist, like seeing this, and 
you know, we could talk to death about how Johnny Depp has sort of not necessarily been at the high point of his career for the last couple of years. Um, but I mean, I had no inkling at all that he was going to be attached to this series. And I would imagine it's going to be, maybe not in this movie, I'm sure, but in whatever his character is, is probably going to be a pretty big deal. Yeah. Because usually when they say like a cameo appearance in this film starring in the next. Yeah. They're saying they use the term co-star everywhere yeah. I saw. So he'll be presumably one of the leads in the, in the next movie or whatever. Yeah. And for me, I, I for my take, I mean, I don't, I don't think it, it'll hurt no. at all. Yeah. You know, I think he's he's been really. I think he's been like he's not had a he he hasn't been in good films. That's the issue. Like he's been in more like blockbuster comedy type deals. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is one of, one of the few series where he can you know do the Tim Burton thing where they just slap makeup on him and make him act goofy. Like this seems like the one series where that would actually kind of fit in. Because Harry Potter is so full of all these weird idiosyncratic characters. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to be a wizard or what. I mean, I have no idea what he's going to be. I feel like if he's a wizard, they're going to put him like in like a Dumbledore robe. And he's going to be like, and like fly around and stuff and be really goofy. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Maybe it's kind he's... of his like get up now. That's yeah, what exactly. he does. He's like a wacky character. Exactly. But what it, I think this is going to pump a lot of energy into that series, or at least good good timing of like when this story came out. Yeah, for that I film. mean the movie I think is already going to do really well, and um, this is kind of interesting that they announced this so early. They must be pretty confident that it's going to be a hit. That they have five of these sequels planned already. They said. <laughs> I couldn't believe that it was supposed to originally be a trilogy. Yeah. And then it went to four, and then it went to five. Yep. So it's crazy. Five films. Um, the other one ties into our movie of the week. Uh, Ron Howard is he box office poison? Inferno marks the director's fourth straight box office failure, and we'll get to that in movie. Or sorry, by the numbers. Mm-hmm. But another bad outing for Mr. Ron. Right, and the uh, you know the last three movies before this one that bombed were In the Heart of the Sea, which we reviewed on this show, and we both liked it. It was a pretty solid movie. Yep. A hell of a lot better than Inferno. Um, Rush, which was like really, really good, but I didn't know that was a flop. Um, and then The Dilemma, which is weird because that's like a rom-com type situation. So, <clears throat> excuse me, but yeah, he's not doing so hot lately. Yeah, and I know Rush did pretty well like in the box like international i feel like yeah a car about formula one racing would do well mm-hmm. like in europe because yeah. it's about some pretty popular european racers right nikki lauda and um i don't remember the other guy's name i mean it was a good movie I yeah just, and it grossed i think the budget was i have it down here 38 uh, million for the budget gross 90.2 um both in the i think they're referring to his like national u.s like appearances because he does not do well for some reason in america well now he doesn't yeah once upon a time he i mean he did apollo 13 which was a, a just a smash hit again with tom hanks he's where i and ron howard also did the first two movies in the series um mm-hmm. and those were both enormous hits as well yeah so yeah bummer so it must be and, and it's hard to say what's causing this mm-hmm. you know yeah Pick pick different scripts. I don't. I, I mean, it's like, what do yeah, you do? I don't know. So, Ron Howard, bummer. Yeah, he's. A, I mean, he'll. I think he'll turn it around. Hope so. Next thing you know, we're going to be here two years from now. It's his twelfth box office. He's failure. sitting in here with us. He's like, yeah, he's guys, our... I have nothing better to do. <laughs> 
So on to buy the numbers, our weekly segment where we cover the top five grossing films in the United States of America and the occasional flops that do occur in modern cinema. Number five this week was from Universal Studios' Ouija, The Origin of Evil. It grossed a total of $7.1 million in its second week, bringing its total gross to $24.6 million on a $9 million budget. Making cash, Blumhouse, <laughs> boom, Gangbusters. Boy. Yeah, and these horror movies always do well, as we've said before. Yep. Cool. So number four this week was the number three movie last week. This movie's sticking around a little bit better than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, and that is The Accountant, the Ben Affleck film. It made $8.4 million this last weekend. Uh, so a total of $61.2 million on a $44 million budget. So a uh, success story there. The Accountant. The Accountant. Still on there. Um, the number three film is Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Uh, grossed a total of $9.6 million in its second week, bringing its total gross to $39.7 million on a $60 million budget. No good. Well, I think it's doing fine overall, but I'm not sure. I, apparently, it's there's like a ton of books in this series. Like, it's part of a series of books that I, I just repeated myself. <laughs> In his book series. It's a series of books. There's a couple. Of, there's a number. So I don't know if they're going to do more of them or what, because this one isn't doing. But then, then again, the first one was wasn't didn't do very well either. Yeah. But it received good reviews. This one did not. Did not. So. Um, so I don't know. Remains to be seen. So the number two movie this week was. This is its first week, and it is this week's movie of the week we just reviewed, and that is Inferno, which made fourteen point eight million its opening weekend on again on a seventy five. Million dollar Ouch. budget, so bad, bad news bad, bad. bears, and I can only guess that it will just fall right out of the top because we have huge movies coming out in the next couple of weeks. Yep. And for a second straight week, boo, from a day of Halloween, <laughs> what? Uh, was the top film in the United States with a total gross of $17.2 million, bringing its total gross to $52 million on a $20 million budget. That's crazy. Amazing. That's unreal. Tyler Perry. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So repeat. Good for you, boo. Boo. So that brings us to our next there segment. There can be only one. There can only be one. There can be only one. There can be only one. There's only one can be. What? So this is the weekly game we're playing where we both guess what the number one movie was going to be in the upcoming weekend. And whosoever's closest by guessing both of the film and the dollar amount correctly gets a point. Right now, just before we get into our results from last week, we had both won twice up to this point. So we are currently tied. Tie game. So since I was the last one who won technically, because last week I correctly guessed Boo, yeah. So we were both wrong this week. So I guessed Inferno would be number one at twenty-eight million, and Nate thought Inferno would be number one with thirty-two point five million. Um, both pretty bold. Um, both, I mean, the actual <laughs> box office was at least half of both of our guesses. Yeah. So we did bad. We both lose uh, again because Boo and Medea Halloween repeated. So there are no winners this week. We both suck. We both lose. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So this next next week, we have a plethora 
of new releases. I think yes. the main two we're focusing on that are coming out are Doctor Strange, the next Marvel film, and Hacksaw Ridge, the new Mel Gibson-directed film. So I'm going to go first because I technically was, the like, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Unless you want to so go first. it's a carryover. So you won, you won the most okay. recent. So I'm going to guess that Doctor Strange comes in first. Hmm. And I'm going to guess that it makes... It's going to make... million. Wow. 94.5 million. That's a lot of money. Maximum question mark. Balls in your court, bruh. Bruh. All right. It's going to take forever. I'm going to (laughs) say... You can edit down if you have to. I'm going to say Doctor Strange for sure. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 57.5 million. I'm going low. Because I think Hacksaw Ridge is going to cut into it. Plus, it's an unfamiliar character, technically speaking. I'm with you. And I do think Hacksaw Ridge would open. Because I think if it wasn't opening against Hacksaw Ridge, it would make 100 plus. And the reason I'm thinking that is because it's... The next Marvel movie, which always means it's probably going to make at least fifty million. Mm-hmm. I think Ant Man was the last kind of origin movie, and I don't. I think that only made like sixty or seventy million. And I'm thinking this is going to make more because of how big of a success Civil War was. And also, I just, I don't know. I just feel good about it. So I'm going big on this one. So I said forty-seven. You said fifty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's so hard to tell. Like, and I think one thing that will be really telling, at least up, up here by us, is if Doctor Strange is on both of the big, in the big huge theaters mm-hmm. or if it's just in one. Yeah. Because the, the theater uh, we'd like to go to, if we can, it has, what is it, 16 screens? Yes. And two of them are like the monster ones and whatever. Although Inferno was in one of the monster ones. Yeah. I did not do So it, it isn't necessarily um, a sign of success, but um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like I overshot it a little bit now, but I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's hard to tell. This is, You never know. I mean, they're marketing the bejesus out of this movie. Yeah, so. they are. And Hacksaw Ridge, too, though, has a huge marketing budget as well. So Those, it's, those World War II movies bring in people. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. But are people still bitter at good old Melly Gibbs? Who knows? Guess we'll see. I ain't going to that Mel Gibson feature. <laughs> the yeah. pirate said to the other man. <laughs> well, <laughs> why is a pirate going to the movies? I don't know. There's still yeah, I suppose. Well, there's pirates in Somalia, but they're not. They don't go to the movie theater. I don't think. Yeah, Maybe they do. I don't know what they do. But anyhow, when we come back, we're gonna review our album of the week, uh, Heaven Shall Burns. Wanderer, and um, in the break, you're going to hear music from that album. Again, this is a fire episode, Weekly Neurosis. We will be right back.
Welcome back into Weekly Neurosis. I'm Ethan. And I'm Nate. Did it in reverse. <laughs> what? Um, and now it's time for our, our album of the week section. Uh, this week, Heaven, uh, Heaven Shall Burn, The Wanderer, Wanderer, not The. Um, so the background is Heaven Shall Burn, sometimes abbreviated HSB, are a German extreme metal band from Salfield formed in 1996. Heaven Shall Burn's musical style has been described as metalcore, melodic death metal, and deathcore. Hmm. Their lyrics often express militant support of anti-racism, fighting social injustice, and similar stances. All members are vegans or vegetarians and must and most follow or followed a straight-edge lifestyle, which is very rare for the metal genre. Big time. <laughs> so um, the recording and production notes, Wander is the eighth studio album from Heaven Shall Burn. It was released on September 19th, 2016. Mm. Ten days after my birthday. Ugh. God, always about you. Ugh. <laughs> what did you think of this album? Um, well, I'd never heard of this band before. Um, I think I was just kind of looking for something vaguely related to fire. <laughs> um, and this kind of made sense with the band Heaven Shall Burn, which in and of itself is sort of a you know, possibly offensive title for a band if you're of the uh, religious persuasion, but I digress. The, um, what did I think of the album? I thought it was, um, it was it's okay. Um, in terms of this, whenever I hear music like this and people who are into metal probably knows what metalcore sounds like. And to me, this band Heaven Shall Burn and this album, at least this album, I haven't really heard any of their other albums. This one to me just sort sort of seemed par for course for that sound, which is to say it's a genre of metal that generally doesn't have anything like guitar solos, not a lot of melody, um, there's all, there's always like a short and stunted sort of heavy guitar riffing with lots of like uh, um, galloping guitars and hard bass lines and screaming vocals and stuff. And uh, these guys are talented. Um, they're they're good musicians. The songs are heavy. It was kind of, it's like per, this album I caught myself kind of putting on in the background a lot because I mean whenever you do choose to tune in, there's really not a dull moment on the entire album. But just overall. I mean, there's nothing here that's memorable. There wasn't any any one of these songs, to, to me at least, kind of stuck, got, stuck out as um, something I was really interested in going out of my way to listen to again. And just overall, just kind of, you put this in a lineup with 10 other metalcore albums, and I know I, I'm not as well-versed in metal as some people, and I know a lot of, when I first heard this band described as melodic death metal, and then I heard the album, I was like, what? Because to me, it just seemed pretty straight up metalcore, and maybe... They've changed their sound up over the years or whatever, but um, this was to me it was just fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I was in the same boat. It was kind of um, like I didn't have a negative reaction. I didn't have like a super super positive reaction, but yeah, I, I read the the notes and listened to the album about it. And same with you, with being being melodic death metal. I was like, this does not sound the part at all. But I mean, I agree with you. These are immensely clearly immensely talented musicians. I like the vocals a lot. Yeah, but everything else is kind of like par for the course, which I think in this case is a bit of a problem. Yeah, metal in general is a is a genre that has way more bands and in stuff than a lot of people understand. I think because so much of this music falls sort of out of the mainstream eye, just because it is so it's so heavy. But um, I mean, there's really nothing going on in this particular album that stood out to me it's cleanly produced and like we've both said now it's like they're talented the, the drumming is fierce 
it, it's it's fast paced. The guitar work is awesome, and some of it's really like heavy and headbang worthy. But I mean, I can't tell you any 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 memorable moments from this. I mean, I'm looking at the song titles. You, I could put this on repeat and have the exact same experience as is playing it straight through. The only song I think that had my at least favorite moment on it was the song Agent Orange, which I'm reading was a cover from another band. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. But again, not to disparage it, and I don't listen to a ton of metal, and maybe these guys really are kind of doing something special, and people who have a more refined ear for this sort of thing uh, would appreciate this more. But just for me, I'm looking for something that stands out a little bit more. Yeah. When I feel like, too, that it when you start every single song, it sounds roughly the same. <clears throat> like, I don't think there's a lot of variety in the start. There's some stuff in the middle, but... Yeah, I, I agree with you. If you put it on repeat, it, it's going to sound like roughly the same. And again, I'm same boat as you. I don't listen to a huge amount of metal. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I mean, this sounded just kind of the same mm-hmm. over and over. But again, I it just, I don't know. It didn't quite go over the edge for me in terms of, I thought it was like intense. Um, it, it was easy, pretty easy to listen to, mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't really bring anything that I haven't heard before right and i think another issue i had was that the album is an hour long and when you're really not switching it up a whole lot on an album i think that's pushing it and i actually had i sort of struggled with listening to this whole thing straight through because i was getting bored by it which isn't a great thing to say about a metal album um i don't know i just i guess i was uh, the first time i listened to it i think i have the same reaction every time i listen to a metal album especially something that falls in this genre the first listen through, I'm just like, oh my God, this is awesome. And I'm just bobbing my head and like, I want to party and like punch people and mosh every, everywhere. <laughs> but then you listen to it again and it's just kind of like, eh, eh. you've heard it once. Yeah. It kind of lives in the moment again. I think we say this about, I think you could say this about metal bands across the board. This, they would be awesome to see live just because there would be so much energy. You would just go nuts. Yeah. So, ah, I don't know. I think uh, the previous albums, metal albums we've done, you know, classic Mastodon, their album uh, Leviathan. We did uh, an album from Behemoth and Baroness. And those albums, to me, all of those um, were much more creative and interesting in their approach to their various subgenres of metal, while this one, to me, just kind of seemed like another brick in the wall. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it was to me. And I'd, it's funny you mentioned that because I had the exact same reaction. I listened to this for the first time, and I was just going, like, nuts. Like, oh, this is amazing. And then I stopped and got done with it. Took a while, and then I listened to it again. And yeah, it was the same thing. It was just relaxed. But metal concerts are awesome. Yeah, you got to check. Are. You got to go to at least one yeah. in your lifetime if you're a music fan. And people are often afraid to go to metal concerts because they're afraid they're going to get like moshed. There's more people at a metal concert who don't want to jump around and punch people in the face. People who are there for the music. And I've never really been involved in a mosh pit because it's easy. And I've been to. Um, shows that's metal shows at lo- like smaller venues one of the smaller rooms in the rave for example i've seen a couple of metal bands in there and there's really not a whole lot of place to go mm-hmm. <laughs> and you kind of have to be on the lookout because if you are standing sort of in the middle of a group a mosh pit could break out but um yeah metal concerts are just fun they're yeah. intense they're loud <laughs> yeah you need if you're Later on in life, and you want to protect your hearing, you should probably get some. Or if you're young and you think you don't, you will never have hearing issues. Just get a hearing plug. You can get, and I I have them too, because I have permanent ringing in my ears from going to like a thousand concerts without ear protection. So you can get like, they're earplugs, but they're designed for concerts where they don't muffle any of the highs. 
in the music, which is generally what happens when you put headphones in, you're muffling out a lot of the higher pitch sounds. Mm-hmm. But you can get uh, earplugs that are especially designed to eliminate that or at least make it less apparent. Yeah. And they work. They yeah. work. A lot of times they have a little, like, a hole in them that'll let just the right amount of noise in. Yeah, they'll be they'll have, like, a, a channel through them that has sort of, like, a zigzag pattern, sort of like how, you know, your internal organs, your intestines are all, or your brain, it's all folded and stuff, so there's more surface area. They do that, so instead of it just being a, a straight block of some sort of fabric, it has... It dampens the sound so it won't hurt your ears, but it also lets more of the sound travel through. I recommend those. You can get them cheap. They're awesome. Amazon.com. Boom. And, yeah. And just so you know, the guys on stage wear them. They do. It's true. They do, because they need to protect their hearing, Cause too. Because they're, they're doing what they're doing four or five days a week. Yep. <laughs> so they're there. They're in that every day. You're in there one day. Everyone should protect their hearing. Yeah. So what would you rate this from 1 to 10? I'm going to give it a 5.5. Um, again, it's, you know, a, a 5 is my middle point. A 5 is like my C on an A to F scale. And um, to me, these guys are too talented and stuff to give a straight, straight 5. And uh, honestly, I, I will listen to some of their other albums because um, I think metal bands don't necessarily... They don't necessarily always age the best. A lot of bands sort of pick their sound from the get-go and stick with it. And... Uh, I think as a result, their later albums tend to be less exciting. So I feel like if we go back and listen to some of the, these guys' earlier stuff dating back to the 90s, um, maybe there's a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more just ferocity and in, 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 in songwriting going on. Yeah. The been around since 96. It's crazy. 20 years. So what would you give it? Uh, 6.2 out of 10. Don't ask. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just it did a little bit more for me than just giving it a 5. Yeah. But these songs on their own are like really good, like pump up songs. Yeah. So, you know, give it a shot if you're into metal. Mm hmm. Drink Habanero Sculpin. Go to a metal concert. Spicy. Live your life. Do it. So, on to our high priority news items uh, Apple Music price drop. I see it coming, but the market for streaming music is very, very active. And it's turning into a competitive market. Right. So I saw this yesterday. I had no idea. And this isn't official yet, but it is apparently pretty likely that it's going to happen. Um, and the the standard price for just the regular Apple Music is $9.99 a month. That's set to drop down to $7.99. Yep. Um, the family package is $14.99 where you can have up to six people, I think, using the plan. That's going to drop down to twelve ninety nine a month, and then the student rate stays the same at four ninety nine. So it is dropping a little bit. I think, um, you know, Apple Music is trying to sort of make the move to become. I mean, they already are the number two new music streaming service after Spotify, but they're really trying to edge up on Spotify Premium. So yeah, and they have like a humongous investment mm-hmm. in this whole streaming music thing in terms of like the. The DJs they've like purchased, the exclusive rights they've purchased, the like even real estate that they've invested in, and I mean they created the concept of Beats One. It's a studio now. It's like a radio service that they've invented from scratch. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you know they're gonna do anything they can to be competitive, right? And there's still rumors floating around that Title might get bought out by Apple Music, but 
Jay-Z and all those guys are being pretty resilient, even though their numbers suggest they're not even anywhere close to the numbers um, Apple and Spotify are bringing in yeah. for their streaming services. So my little discount might be in, in tow. Huh? It's kind of like Netflix, though. That, you know, they dropped their prices or they were at a pretty cheap price and then they went up. So it's like, you yeah, know, what's going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, li- I'm into the streaming stuff, though. Yeah, I was really. I've had it for almost a year now because I had. I started with the three free months, and like most of those free things, after your th- three months is up, if you're using it all the time, it's like I'm keeping it. Yeah, and I haven't gone back. And actually, I, I do plan on upgrading to um, the family plan so my wife can get on it because she's always listening to the same like four bands. It drives me nuts, and I was like, there's so much music out there. She's like, well, I don't have it. So I don't know why. I just need to upgrade it. I've just been lazy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's a, and it's up to six, you said, people on the family plan? Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, but you have to have iPhones, though. So if, like, Who doesn't have an iPhone? Lots of pe- more people don't have <laughs> iPhones than have them. Made. They have the Samsung Galaxy 7. That's exploding. Did you see they just announced... The next one, the essay, they didn't announce it, but the rumors for it are flying that, um, what's it called? Uh, that it's going to have, like its screen is going to be like 90% of the front of the phone or something. And the first comment I saw on Facebook was like, maybe you guys should spend more time making um, more, maybe you guys should spend more money on quality control before you start innovating. Right. <laughs> and yep. I have a feeling whatever their next big phone is going to be, um, it's maybe not going to sell as well. No. I don't know. And this is, um, in in marketing, they talk about, like, the halo effect Mm -hmm. of a brand. So, like, a Samsung phone does bad. Other products will do bad. It's going to be interesting to see what what all happens with Samsung. Yeah, well... Because that's a big, like, major big F up. Yeah, I mean, they they straight up stopped production of the S7. I mean, that was just a disaster for them. Yeah. Maybe the biggest kind of disaster like that that's ever happened to cell phones before that I can think of. Yeah, I can't think of any others. I mean, and that's Samsung. I mean, they were like the number one provider for Android phones, I believe. And mm-hmm. now, and now Google has their own a pri a pri uh, what's the word? I'm, uh, pro- I can't think of the word. Um, the their Pixel phone. It's called. It's the uh, you know Google is the one who does Android. Like that's their operating service. But Google themselves have never had. A phone that they designed themselves, and that phone is called the Pixel, and it's coming out soon, or it's already out. Yeah, there's um, going to be like, and that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, but like five years from now, there's going to be like fifty elite cell phone options. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, the other one is there's a lot of tour announcements, some big tour announcements. Uh, Run the Jewels in the weekend announced brand new tours, uh, and then also groups such as Radiohead, Coldplay, and Drake extended their tours as well. So mm-hmm. we're getting into the winter season here in the Midwest, the bread basket, also known as the money basket if you're in the entertainment business. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that's why people are extending their tours. The problem, though, with the winter tours is that we tend to see them, at least for us in the Midwest, we won't see them here quite as much. Um, I mean, a lot of these tours are U- European tours. Like I think Drake's and Coldplay's, they're just extended um, European tours. But for the most part, they're going to be playing on the west coast probably yep. yeah um just because i there there's more people there who want to go to concerts and if it's nice out they can have outdoor concerts where if they play here they're this time of year they're going to be limited to um indoor venues which can be restrictive or 
tougher to book and all that yeah. with sports and all that crap going on. So I don't know, but lots of tours getting announced. Um, I'm going to a concert next week at the Rave. I'm going to see Band of Horses. Pretty excited about nice. that. It's yeah. going to be a, a good concert. Yeah. They're solid musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just at, I just saw Schoolboy Q. That's right. Enjoy Badass. Kind of a, a little bit of a oh, lackluster for... show. but yeah, that's what you'd say. That's a bummer. Yeah, it happens. So on to uh, our weekly segment as well, Obsessions. We'll mm-hmm. talk about something we're obsessed with. So Ethan, what are you obsessed with? I got two. My first one is I, I discovered a new podcast that just started. The, they just started um, uh, um, uh, publishing the episodes in September, and it's called Lord of the Rings Minute. And it's one of those minute podcasts where if you've never heard of it before, this is where they take a movie, and each episode is they discuss only one minute of said movie. And it kind of, the flagship was like the Star Wars minute where they literally watch one minute of the movie and talk about it, only the contents of that one minute. And then the next episode, they watch the next minute of the movie and so on. This podcast is doing the extended editions of Lord of the Rings, which the shortest one, including credits, which they claim they're going to do the credits too, is 208 minutes long. So that's 208 episodes for one movie, all the way up to like 268 minutes for The Return of the King. <laughs> um it's really funny. It's uh, some of these can vary. These minute podcasts can vary between more comedic, where they're making fun of the movies, or people who are really passionate about the movies and have a lot of insider information, or are just mega fans and know all kinds of stuff and have a lot to say. Excuse me. This one um, falls into the latter category, where these guys are just big time Lord of the Rings fans, and they have a lot of fun insights, and they're telling their backgrounds and how they were, you know, exposed to the movies and the books and all that stuff. So. It's been great. But my, my other obsession is I have a short work week next week. I have a three-day weekend, three days work, and another three-day weekend. And this week has just been dragging on. So I've been very excited for a short week. That's about the weekend. Huh? The weekend. What you get, about you're obsessed about getting to the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought you said tell us about the weekend. I was like, well. Gonna, tell us everything you're doing, Ethan. going to wake up, drink <laughs> some coffee. <laughs> going to go to sleep. Go to up. sleep at some point. <laughs> No. Cool, man. Yep. How about so, you? I'm, I, hold on. I just want to talk about this minute thing. Okay. So, like, what do they do if, if, because there's, I'd be very curious to watch a film a minute at a time, because I would have to assume there's minutes where there's just nothing going on. Yeah. Well, the first episode of the Sword of the Rings one is literally, if you've seen Fellowship of the Ring, the first minute of the movie is black screen with some, like, voiceover, and half of the words aren't in English. But I heard one. I didn't make it through all. There was one that was the Big Lebowski minute, where where they literally spent one minute talking about like the Universal logo <laughs> that popped up at the beginning. It was amazing. That's kind of like an art of obsession, because yeah. like you're like obsessed with the film, you're dissecting it to its. Yeah. Well, I've told you about the podcast, the worst idea ever, right? Have yeah. you ever heard it? That's the one where they watched Grown Ups Two every day or every week and recorded a podcast during it for like a year. Mm-hmm. Ugh, <laughs> that is horrible. That's like perseverance. Like you have to just be like a gladiator to get yeah. through that. Yeah. So very interesting minute podcast. We should try that. Ugh. No. Except the thing is, I couldn't. I couldn't expand on a the minute thing is you need to for... you need to do it all. If you don't release like an episode every day, it's going to take. I mean, this Lord of the Rings movie is already going to take the better part of a year if they're doing one a day, two hundred and eight minutes. 
That's more than half of a year. And do they have like jobs? Or do yeah. they just like Yeah. These aren't like How long are these podcasts though? Are they like twenty minutes? They range minutes? from like thirty minutes to like fifteen minutes. Okay. That's like that's reasonable. Depending on what they're and these people are like part of a very well established podcast network and that's kind of what they do um for a living and everything so and i'm by no means trying to knock this no no I'm not, right, right. I, I, no, I no, could kind of want to come across that way no no, no but because yeah. i'm very curious I'm no very i know curious what you mean about this. if you hear something like that your first thing is like well these people got nothing better to do it's like no 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 no. this is just well because like one a day like two like you said that's 208 episodes yeah and that's only one of the three movies we've been doing this for a year i think we were at what 30 we're at 40 if i could look quick I could, tr- I could look. Go to our SoundCloud page. Weekly Neurosis. Tracks. See how many episodes we got. We should really just be keeping track. But that sounds horrible. We should get one of those um, tickers. We have 38 tracks, so we're, we're approaching number 40. So this will be 39. Yeah. We got to do something special for 40. Really? 50. No, 50 is what we got to do. Yeah, 50. Come the on. gold episode. The gold episode? I think 50's gold, like okay. in your anniversary or whatever. Yeah. Minute minute podcast. But um for me, obsessions. Um mainly right now I'm just I've obviously run the jewels because they're coming to Madison. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hopefully go to that concert. I say, yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna get some ticks. And the other one is um is college football right now. Like I like college football at the end of the year because it's very exciting, because mm-hmm. um, that's when they all they have the playoffs and it's like a rank ranking system and it's just fun. And I'm going to the Badger game on the 12th. Wisconsin oh, really? Badgers playing who? Uh, they're going to play the Illinois Fighting Illini. Uh-huh. So they're gonna they're gonna take them on. Cool. And just go to town. Sweet. Got a cool hotel room in the area. Of the stadium. So well, have gonna, fun. Uh, yeah. I'm probably not going to remember the game. I'm just kidding. I'd, <laughs> wow. I'll keep it within within the borders. But yeah, I'd, that's like right now. And yeah, Run the Jewels too. That's going to be an amazing concert. Well, their new album should be coming out soon. The one track was released. And it's taken them a long time to make it. So it's, it's been about a be year. Pretty, pretty good. It's been just over a year or two years. Two years since their last one came out. Wow, really? I thought it was less time than that. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I still hear, like, hear their tracks on, like, certain, like, not commercials, because they're not really that kind of group, but... Right. Um, yeah. It's just going to be awesome to hopefully see them in person. We'll see how how high the demand is. It might be pretty high, but... Live Live Nation is promoting this thing, so... Ugh, their like, website is a disaster. Yeah. So that's that. Fire. Boom. It was a hot one. Neither Earth, of us are done with our beers yet. Earth, wind, and fire, which is rare. Which is very rare. Normally, I'm on like two. Yeah. And you're usually somewhat responsible because I have, have to. I have to drive home after drive home every episode. We'll be home. <laughs> I just have to go upstairs and pet my dog briefly. <laughs> but no yep. fire. And the, the honestly, the thing I wanted to say earlier, but I didn't know how to explain it, is like anytime I hear fire, I think of the Doors. Come on, baby, love my fire. Like really, that's what I think of. Yeah. I think of Jimi Hendrix. Let me stand next to your fire. There's like a million songs that have fire in them that are good. Fire. Oh. Hey, Kanye West. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. Now that's going to be stuck in my head all day. Oh, hey. Hey. Oh, hey. hey. King Easy. 
Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. So should we talk about what we're doing in the yeah, next couple next, of weeks? Because we have our our um, next couple of weeks just pretty much planned out. Next four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week, which is the week of November 11th, we're going to be reviewing Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following week, the week of November 18th, we'll be v- reviewing Hacksaw Ridge. And then the following week after that, the week of November 25th, we're going to be reviewing the movie Arrival. Right. And then after that, Fantastic Beasts, where to find them. Yeah. So and, four weeks And, and by then, we'll already have missed like five movies probably. And we're bound to miss an episode. We haven't not recorded in, a, in a, like four or five weeks. So we're on a good roll here, but and I don't want to miss any of these movies, no. especially Doctor Strange, Hacksaw Ridge, and The Arrival. I'm pumped for all of those. And Fantastic Beasts. I mean, that looks great, is, but for some reason, I'm just not quite as like out of my skull about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at the calendar here because we record... Okay, let's look at this. I think we'll be good for the three. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Fantastic Beasts, we'll have to figure something out. Just looking at the camera. I'm, I'm sure it won't be hard to find something no. <laughs> the rest of the year. We're talking by then. Well, yeah, Oscar but then it's, then it's us, Yeah, then that kicks in, and it's like mm-hmm. on fire. That's right. Fire! And they, and they still, for the record, have not announced a host or producer for the Oscars show. Yeah. I actually um, Googled that on uh, today's Wednesday, Monday. Crazy. And nothing. Crazy. What if it's secret to the last minute? That would be different. Maybe That'd there be won't. Smart. Maybe there won't be a host. But how do you keep that under wraps? Maybe they'll just have time. a guy come out and like list the winners. The first like how many Oscars? It wasn't like a big ceremony. They just gave like two famous people the list and they read their winners to a room of people. But now it's like a whole <laughs> song and dance thing. It's like you the, just gave me like a really blank look, like what? It's like the Jehovah's Witness version of like an, an award ceremony. Yeah, best actor, Tom Hanks again. Best actress. Hey, a lot of people are saying he might actually get nominated for Sully. For Sully, he's I certainly not going to get nominated for Inferno. I firmly disagree. Wow. Okay. No. You're taking back your three point five rating. Yes. Okay, but ten out of ten. Who knows? And maybe they are. Maybe they're building up to like the last minute thing, where it's like a. It'll probably who. I have no idea. But then if you do that, you have to have like the right person to do that, and that's Mm. hard. Yeah, just to walk out and be like, "Hey, it's me." I say Louis C.K. He's too raunchy. He's going to talk about his armpits stinking or something. (laughs) I think it's going to be. I want to go upstairs and watch somebody like right now. It's going to be Jackie Chan. <laughs> yes. Aziz Ansari. I feel like he, he could pull it off. He Billy Crystal. He's done it a billion but times. But he's like old. He's done it the most number of times of anybody else. That was really ageist of me. I have no idea. There's, there's a short list of people that could do it. It's going to be Uma John Thurman. Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta. Hey, guys. Who's going to win Best Picture? Not that, not that. We'll see. We'll see who's going to host it. We're getting pretty tight. A person will host the Oscars. What if it's Siri? We talked about that last week. What if it's a robot? That'd be crazy. Let a drone host it. It'll just drop something. It'll just drop the... What they'll do is they'll have all the nominees in the house, 
And instead of announcing the winner, they'll have a drone just drop it right on their lap. And they boop. Hooray. There was a ridiculous, speaking of drones, there was a ridiculous drone element in the movie Inferno. Yeah. Where they were like running away from a, a drone like in this hedge maze type thing. And it was like this terrible CGI like <laughs> thing chasing them. It was so bad. But I think we both laughed at the part where they were in her apartment and like the World Health Organization, which apparently has like a SWAT team unit. <laughs> they like break down the door and they're like in a really calm voice. The guy was like. Robert Langdon, World Health Organization. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, it's like the world... I heard you laugh and I just looked at you and like started laughing because well, it was so ridiculous. The whole thing, it's like the World Health Organization is like for like wheeled good and it's a bunch of hippies. No, like, but they had like uh, a SWAT team with machine like a guns and vans and helicopters and drones apparently. And private jets and... It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Total lie. But anyhow, this episode hasn't been a lie. It's been fun. Yeah. Once again... The fire episode next week, of course. Doctor Strange. How much will it make? How good of a movie will it be? We'll answer both of those questions next week. I'm excited. Bring it. It's going to be great. All right. All right. Signing out, I'm Nate. I'm Ethan. And this has been Weekly Neurosis, the fire episode. Everyone, please take care.